Welcome back to Girls Next Level, episode two. Last episode where we left off was I had just gone to my first Playboy party. And I just found out that I didn't get Millennium Playmate, I mean, or any Playmate for that matter. Do you want to talk about your picture popping up? Yes. So I I learned that I didn't get it. I mean, I was absolutely devastated. I mean... I can't even tell you how upset I was. So I just focused on school. At that time, I was going and um, working on my master's degree. So I was just focused on that. And then all of a sudden, we get a call from like a friend of a friend who said, oh, I saw Bridget um, in the magazine, in Playboy. And... You're like, what? I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I was not in Playboy. I didn't get it. And they're like, no, seriously. I have the magazine. I can drop it by because obviously this was before the cell phones where you just take a picture of it and prove it to me that you saw it. So I was mm-hmm. just like, I have no idea what this person's talking about. And so they um, brought it by. They dropped off the issue. And it was one of these... Um, what do you call them? The flats or the special, special editions. Because Playboy would put out these other issues that weren't like a monthly version of the magazine. It was just like a sub brand of Playboy and it would be called like lingerie, book of lingerie or something, but really nude. And they would just put all these other extra pictures of naked women in it. Yeah. Well, this was the Playboy's Playmate uh 2000 or something like that oh so it was everybody from the search it was people from the search see that's what I was scared of that's why I freaked out when I tried out and was like but don't use the picture if I don't make it yeah because it's such an odd thing that people like if posing nude is outside of somebody's boundaries or wheelhouse they might not understand but like for us we really wanted to pose as a playmate so it's kind of like this prestigious thing you know they're gonna make you look beautiful but to have a naked picture randomly pop up somewhere with no context and without the money and without the things that you think is going to come along with it is like, wait, no, that's super embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> well, this of... was a few pictures. One of them was the Polaroid from the very first <gasps> thing I ever did in oh San my Francisco. God. And then and then there was like a full page of my um, part of my pictorial. And I think there might have even been another, there might have been two pages of it. I'd have to look again to see, but I was just like, oh, oh, part of me was like super excited. And another part of me was like, oh my God, they totally used this without like asking me, telling me, paying me anything. Like what the heck? Like I didn't even know that that was possible. Yeah. It's a big deal. Cause like you'd never posed nude before or done anything like that. No. Definitely not. Yeah. At the time, Playboy just really had like a proprietary view of anyone who wants to pose nude for us or even try to pose nude for us. We own everything. Yeah. And it's rude, in my opinion. It's rude (laughs) to at least not tell me. Yeah. Hey, we have this new special edition coming out and we're including your photos in it. Look look for it. Or here's a copy of it or anything. So I was like freaking out. Like I went to all the newsstands and I was like trying to buy up as many of them as I could. And like I said, it was a mixed bag. I was part really excited because technically I'm in Playboy Mm -hmm. now but but I also am not and I'm not a playmate and I'm not getting paid and I really didn't have any say in this and like I mentioned before too this wasn't really the look that I was like hoping for yeah it wasn't really me I didn't feel like but whatever you can't choose those things 
but it definitely put a fire under me that like, okay, fine. If they think I'm good enough for this, I'm pushing this. Like, what's the next thing I can do? Like, I didn't want to just take no for an answer. And did you already have a feel like, okay, I'm already out there nude, so I might as well get the big prize that I came for? I did think that for a little while. I mean, it wasn't that I necessarily thought I could get it, but I just thought, you know what? So many people I've heard in my life say, don't take no for an answer. Like, if it's something Mm -hmm. you really want, you have to push for it. And I... I was ready to give up after that, but I would wake up in the middle of the night. I was having panic attacks. Like I felt like there was something more I should be doing and I wasn't doing it. And the only thing I could think of was the whole Playboy stuff. And, and I mean, this would happen all the time. That's weird that you say that because I did that a lot. Like as a teenager, I would panic and feel like there's something I'm not accomplishing and I need to be doing in my life. And I don't know what, like I'm going to school, I'm doing my cheerleading, I'm doing all the things, what else? But it was like, I knew there was something else out there I had to do. Yeah. And somebody, I think it was on my, um, my paranormal podcast was saying, you can't ignore the calling. When you hear the calling, like it'll, if you just ignore it, it'll just get stronger. And honestly, like, I feel like that's what I was feeling. There was something that just kept pulling me saying like, I felt like it was like waking me up going, you need to be doing something else. And like you said, like, what else could I be doing? I'm getting my master's degree. I'm Which like, makes you panic more because you're like, I, but I am doing everything. What's the other thing? But you yeah. know it's out there. How is this not enough? But then, but I knew that I wasn't fulfilled, fulfilled yet too. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew and I knew what direction it was pulling me. Yeah, it's so interesting. But I have to, you were talking about the Midsummer Dream Party, Midsummer Night Dream yeah. Party from 2000. And I have to tell you my story about how I got into that because it's so weird. That's so weird that you were there I and we know. didn't meet. I mean, not weird that you were there and we didn't meet because the parties are about like a thousand people. So yeah. they feel pretty big. Aren't the Midsummers even more than that? Or is that what they are? No, I think it was a thousand. I mean, it got to, like after we left and they started like, selling tickets to the parties oh, it turned into a mess that was different. more but <laughs> <laughs> well um so my sister-in-law at the time went to go see this uh doctor to get Botox mm-hmm. and I was like oh I want to go with you I'd never done anything like that yet but I was interested in see what it was like for her and um her doctor was like oh guess where I'm going this weekend and we're like where and he's like I'm going to the playboy or not this weekend guess where I'm going at the end of the month and we're like where are you going and he's like I get I'm got invited to the playboy mansion party and we were like what both of us were like freaking out and so we had to tell him my whole story about um testing for playmate and that I'd been to the mansion and stuff and he was like oh really you should go to you should go to this party then as if I could just, just casual like, yeah like, as if I could just show by. up but yeah <laughs> and I was like oh I don't I don't know how. And he was like, well, you just have to uh, call and put your, get yourself put on the list. If you've tested for a playmate, you're probably on the list. And I was just like, wait, what? I'm on the list. And then I was thinking back to that Halloween party that I felt like I could have mm-hmm. gone to but didn't go to. And I'm still kicking myself to this day for not going to the Halloween party. But um, so I was like, really? I don't even know who or where to call or what. And he was like, I'll get you, I'll get you the information. And he was going because he was friends with some playmate who like got him on the list. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have no idea. And um, so anyway, they got me the phone number and I called Jenny, mm-hmm. who is now we know it does all of the list of the Playboy stuff. And I told her I had tested and I was really interested in coming to the um the midsummer party oh, my sister-in-law really wanted to come too so we both submitted she said okay well it's been a while since you were here you guys have to submit pictures so we mm-hmm. both submitted pictures and I got the call that I 
was invited, but she wasn't. How awkward. It's so bad. I mean, she's she's a lot older than me. Yeah. Probably like 12 years or so older than me. So it kind of made sense sort of that she wouldn't get on the list. But I've but how do you tell somebody exactly. that? Exactly. It's awkward. And it's just weird to think about the people in a position of making the guest list, which, yeah, they have their criteria and stuff, but they know that you guys want to come together. And they're like, but right. only one of you can come. Well, who <laughs> wants to go to the party by themselves? That's intimidating, especially was, like if you've never been. Like you had been for testing, but you'd never been to one of the parties. Never. And I was so scared. But I was like, I can't miss this opportunity, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to go. So we went to LA, got a hotel room. I had no idea what to wear, no clue. But I ended up getting. Um, I went to I went to Hollywood Boulevard where they have all those stores. Yeah. And I got like this pink, baby pink and white corset, and this little like satin pink panty. And then I got one of those white kind of velvety robes with like the marabou, pink marabou mm-hmm. on the the wrists and, and on the bottom. And I found this little cute bunny shaped purse. That's what I wore. And I remember pulling up to the shuttle because uh, you don't get to like drive up to the mansion. You mm-hmm. have to like park at the UCLA, UCLA parking lot <laughs> and in your lingerie. Glamorous. Yeah. And walk out in this cement parking lot in your lingerie. It felt so awkward. It was so weird. And then you check in at this They desk. take a Polaroid of you to make sure you're worthy of being invited back. Yep. They took Polaroids. They checked my ID. They checked me in. I got a wristband and like a hand stamp, the whole works and got on the shuttle and went up and... Um, we got we got in I got into the party I was so scared to walk in it was like you said it's so beautiful mm-hmm. like I had never seen anything so beautiful and amazing as far as parties and theming goes yeah. I, was, I was just like in awe and I, I did of course see Hef and his girlfriends but I just there was no way I was gonna go up and like say hi or anything anything like that <laughs> why was I so ballsy <laughs> I don't know I was just like there's no way like I'm even gonna go near that and I just I didn't know anybody anybody at all and I all of a sudden I was sitting at this table and this guy came up to me and he was super nice and he he was older. Mm-hmm. He said he was one of Hef's good friends. And we just like talked all night long and we really hit it off. Not like not like making out hit it off. But yeah. like, <laughs> like we were talking, he's a manager in LA and he did um, like Pam Anderson and Jenny McCarthy and mm-hmm. um, Vanna White. <laughs> and I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah, and he's like just, a star maker. Yeah, and we just talked all night. And I had told him how I had tested. And uh, I mean, we hit it off so well that after the party, at like four in the we stayed till like four in the morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and he introduced me to Doc. Oh, yeah. And other people, but not Hef, because I don't know. I don't know why. I think Hef had already gone up. Oh, you know what? For sure he had. He'd already oh, gone wow. up. So, I mean, Hef doesn't stay down there till 4 in the morning. And also, as we know now, like, I guess he wasn't having fun that night. I guess not. Yeah. And so then um, we went out to Denny's to breakfast afterwards in our PJs <laughs> or our lingerie or whatever you call it. I love that juxtaposition. Yeah. And um, uh, nothing happened. Uh, we just were, remained good friends. And after I left that party and went back home, 
we stayed in contact and it was him that encouraged me to cut that you you know what you could be doing these parties and other events and I could be getting you other kinds of things but you have to be in LA like sometimes I don't know about stuff till last minute and stuff and I was just like oh I don't know how I'm gonna get to LA like when did you finally move to LA what was the date uh December of 2001 I found this amazing apartment in the Miracle Mile area which is really close to the Grove if you're familiar with LA at all so it was great but it they weren't finished yet they weren't going to be done until December so I was like okay well that's perfect because I'll just like wait and move here in December little did I know December is a terrible time to move to LA no (laughs) well while you were doing that I started getting invited to the pool parties at the mansion every Sunday Every Sunday when it was like spring or summer anyway, they would have pool parties called Fun in the Sun and they were pretty intimate events. Like how many girls would you say were invited every Sunday? Less than 20. Oh yeah, because I was going to say 15 maybe. Yeah, and like a handful of Hef's friends would be there. Some of the guys would be playing tennis. Hef would be playing backgammon with a couple of his friends. And my roommate and I, the same roommate that went to the party, um, got invited and we would go almost every Sunday. And it was interesting because while I was going to these parties, the mansion started to feel like my social life in LA. Like I wasn't going up on Sunday thinking somebody was going to look at me and be like, oh my God, you should be a playmate. Like I would have loved that. That would have been nice, but I it wasn't even like that. Like I started going to the parties because they were the cool parties to go to in town. Yeah. And then I started going to, um, the pool parties and it just started to feel like that was my social life like everybody who went to the mansion was so nice so welcoming they always seemed really happy to see you and I was just like a random nobody like people remembered your name and I loved it and I didn't have a lot of other friends you know I had a few friends from work I didn't really socialize at school and that kind of became my social life and it got to the point where I made friends with Ashley who also was going up there and you know, we would just go to the parties. Like, they used to have a Valentine's Day party, which later became the Mardi Gras party. And I remember going to that and just wearing, like, a Backstreet Boys t-shirt and these, like, pleather pants. Like, I didn't even, like, get dressed. I don't even think I wore makeup. Oh, wow. Well, I'm, like, barely any makeup and just looking like trash. And, you know, like, it wasn't... I think people you know, like haters like to talk, like I was going to these parties, like trying to be a girlfriend or trying to be noticed. And don't get me wrong, I would have loved to have been like plucked out of nowhere and made a playmate, but I didn't even think that was going to happen from the parties at that point. I was just like, oh my God, I get to go to like the coolest place that everybody in LA wants to go to. I get to go to these intimate parties on Sunday that are really nice. Everybody's so nice here. Like it started to feel like a community I was a part of. Yeah. I know what you mean. Well, before I even moved there, but after that party, um, I started getting invited to the parties then. And of course, I would fly out just mm-hmm. to go to the parties because I don't want to miss any opportunities. And then um, and then that manager guy would take me sometimes to Fun in the Sun mm-hmm. or at least dinner and a movie yeah. at the mansion or um, different events like that. And so, so I would come out for some things but eventually it just got like crazy where it's like you you have to move here or you know there's just not really longevity in all of that and he even um we went to he introduced me to mary Uh this is way before i even moved into the mansion and we i'd go to mary's house and play cards with her 
Yeah, when I was going up to the pool parties, I didn't really talk to Hef. Like, he would come over and be like, hi, darling, and, like, give me the kiss on the cheek that he gives to everybody. Yeah. You know, I didn't really talk to Hef. Um, but I kind of almost felt like I got to know him in a way, just because there's kind of, like, this cult-like atmosphere around there because all his friends are so worshipful of him. And I'm not trying to fault these people because, you know, they do see a side of him that was great. And I saw that side, too, when I was new and first coming around there so I'm not faulting anybody but it all when you put it all together it all kind of adds up to this culty thing where everybody is so worshipful of one person like nobody would ever say like the tiniest bad thing about him so when you're seeing it from that perspective you start to see him as this really like great person and I remember seeing you know I would see like his roster of girlfriends change as I was going to the parties and it just kind of looked like a chaotic mess and that's nothing against any of the women individually but it went from being half with these two twins who are so gorgeous and put together to like kind of this random revolving door of like seven girlfriends now and every week it seemed to be a different cast of characters kind of and nobody really and I, I don't mean this in a mean way but I mean nobody could look when I say nobody looked put together it's just like nobody could look as put together as the twins did like they really created an impression so it was never really something I wanted to do from that perspective and I was invited to go out with them a few times so I always knew it kind of could be an option but I was just never really interested yeah well, when I started, so I moved, when I moved to LA and I was um, coming, I started coming to the mansion. First, it was just uh, kind of buffet dinners and mm-hmm. a movie because it was winter and stuff. And so there wasn't really any fun in the sun and I would just kind of come and to those and, and go. Um, but a few times I remember seeing the girls line up to get ready to go and I would stick around and just sort of watch that sometimes. And Um, It was interesting. I thought, oh, it looks like they're having fun. But this was the first glimpse I was really getting of Hef and his girlfriends. Or the first real, any thoughts that I'd ever put into Hef and his lifestyle or Hef and his girlfriends or Hef at all, really. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they look like they're having fun. That's great. You know, like I thought it just looked great. (laughs) Everybody did look like they were having fun. That's one thing I'll say. Because when I finally did get to a point where I wanted to move in, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong by making that choice. Like, I feel like there's people who try to villainize me as if I'm, like, out to take advantage of a poor, hunched-over old man in a nursing home or something like that. But it's not like that. Like, he looked like he was so happy with everything that was going on. And like I said, I'd been going to these parties for, like, a year and kind of seeing from the perspective of, like, his friend circle what was going on in his love life. And yeah, there was a revolving door. It didn't look like anyone stayed very long. Like people seemed to stick around about a year or two years or whatever. But it seemed like he liked that. Like I thought that's what he wanted. I thought he wanted this constant revolving door of women because he wasn't looking for a commitment. And he was putting almost all of his girlfriends in the magazine. So they were leaving happy and he was happy. And they would still come back and visit. And they were friends. Like you could see that even from a distance. So I didn't ever think there was anything negative or bad about making the decision to want to move in or be a girlfriend. Like I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong to anybody except maybe maybe hurting myself but you know yeah 
Well, at this point, I was still anti being a girlfriend or anything like that. I mean, I don't even know if anti is the right word, but I was not even not even on my radar. Mm-hmm. Like I was not. All I was thinking is playmate. I just want to get noticed for playmate. Yeah. And and at this and I didn't just go to L.A. just for playmate. I also went there to um, pursue a, a career in the entertainment industry. So mm-hmm. I had an agent. I had that um, hooked up before I even came to LA and um I was going on auditions and I actually was in a couple of movies before even yeah. going to the mansion like some big ones too like Confidence and Intolerable Cruelty yeah and some like so I got some like good things I mean they weren't great they weren't like huge parts or anything like that but I was getting some stuff and I told myself I'm gonna get six months I had like I took my savings and I had six months I felt like to like see if this was going to happen or not, whether it was Playboy or just like entertainment industry or whatever. So I was, I was hustling. And when I finally decided I wanted to move in, it was only because everything else in my life had fallen apart very suddenly. Like I had made the decision to take some time off from school. Cause like I said, I was kind of trying to do too much at once and kind of failing at all of it. Cause I'm trying to keep my grades good and trying to make money and trying to audition and all the things. So I thought, you know what? I want to do this kind of like whatever in the entertainment industry, whether it's glamour modeling or whatever. And I need to do that when I'm young. I can always go back to school and do whatever else I'm interested in after. So I decided to take some time off school. And right around that time, like my friends that I was close to from Hooters had kind of all decided to move back home because things weren't working out for them in LA. And I was living with another girl and her brother and right when our lease was up I thought we were gonna sign the lease again and she was like oh no my parents are gonna get us a place like at the last minute and it's just gonna be me and my brother and we can't have another roommate and it reminded me of that scene from Bridesmaids where Rebel Wilson and her brother in the movie kick out Kristen Wiig and she's like screwed and has nowhere to go because to rent a place in LA you have to have good credit and you have to have first and last month's rent which I didn't have either like I was living paycheck to paycheck they knew that and they were still like sorry you're out of luck so I was like holy shit I don't know what I'm gonna do like as far as I know nobody at work is looking for a roommate like what am I gonna do I don't even know how to get money for first and last month's rent together plus my credit sucks like what am I gonna do and I went up to the mansion party on Sunday and the staff was talking about how one of the girlfriends had just been kicked out and I thought well I think this is time to give it a try Like, it just seemed like everything lined up. Yeah. And I would have never been bold enough to, like, make that jump or say, hey, I'd love to go out with you guys this week. You know, I would have never been bold enough to do that if I hadn't been completely desperate. Yeah. So you had never even gone out? No. I'd been invited a couple times. So I always thought, you know, I probably could be a girlfriend if I wanted to. And don't get me wrong. There were things about it that looked appealing. Like, and I remember um, one of the girls who was living there at the time, like asked me and Ashley to go up to her room to grab something and it was room four which is this really cute cozy room with like a little window seat and she had like the pink striped sheets from Victoria's Secret and she had like all they'd just been to Disneyland and like gone on a shopping spree so she had all this Disney merch and which is totally my vibe and I just remember looking at the room and thinking oh I wish this was my room right now kind of But so there had been like little things that had looked appealing, but it wasn't until I was completely desperate that I was like, okay, uh, yeah, can I come out with you guys this week? Because I knew there was a spot open. Yeah. Well, for me, I 
like I said, did not have that on my radar radar at all. Um, I was just coming up for fun in the sun, going on auditions, living in my apartment. LA was super lonely for me though. Like I'm very much with, you know, my I'm very close to my family and I was here by myself and I just, and it was the holidays and little did I know there weren't any auditions really during the holidays, like the entertainment industry Oh yeah, it shuts, shuts down, down for like two months around the holidays. Like if you guys aren't in the entertainment industry at all, January and like the first half of, I mean, sorry, December and the first half of January, like you're screwed. Like there's nothing to do. There's nothing. <laughs> like nobody wants to even take a meeting. And and I had no idea. So mm-hmm. I come here in December, early December, and there's just nothing going on. And I'm away from my family. And I didn't want to leave for a minute because literally auditions come in like the morning of. Like I don't know why they don't know in advance. Yeah. But they'll be like, oh, yeah, can you come over here, you know, at 2 today? So I didn't, wasn't comfortable leaving LA and I was just so sad and so lonely and... Yeah, I think that's another thing too is LA can be a really lonely place if you don't already have a community and I think that's part of why I just resonated with like the circle of Hef's friends so much. Like I felt, it kind of just felt like, not that I had any like deep friendships with any of them, but it just felt like that was kind of like my little family here in LA. Yeah, and the manager friend that I had met, like, yeah, he was great and everything, but it's not like we were dating or anything. And so it, he had no obligation to like, yeah, take me away for Christmas or yeah. anything like that or invite me with his family or anything. Like we, uh, you know, and he's busy with his own life and dating and all that kind of stuff too. So I didn't even have that. Like I had to try and like find people. I mean, I eventually found like a couple of people doing different things. And so like you said the mansion starts to become this family you start going there yeah. more and then so then the holidays are over and then it turns to fun in the sun and I mm-hmm. get invited to that and that was early that was like March they start yeah. doing fun in the sun like you're in a sweatshirt sitting by the pool yeah. but whatever so I was coming up for that and um a, one of the girls so we're gonna talk about a girl in our story and we're gonna call her the recruiter because we're not using real names with some people Okay, so I was coming up to Fun in the Sun, and the recruiter came up to me, and... She was one of Hef's girlfriends. Yeah, she was, yeah, she was one of Hef's girlfriends, and... and we call her the recruiter because she felt like she won favor with Hef by bringing more girls into the group. Yeah, I didn't know this at the time. I just knew she was a girlfriend, but she really befriended me, and she was really nice, and she, uh... She just seemed really fun. She invited me up to her room one time. I mean, her room, I was blown away by her room. (laughs) She had so much stuff in her room. Did she have like a stripper pole and like a carousel horse and like stuff like that? I don't know if she had those things, but it fits the image in my mind. Like it was. Yeah, just think excess. Like if Hello Kitty like came into her room and vomited and then had diarrhea, that's what it would look like. Well, I guess I like Hello Kitty Vomit and Diary because I was like, oh my God, her room is amazing. No, it was like campy, fun. Yeah, everything was so cute. And then another girl that I became friends with was named Stacy. And we were going to, that's, that's her real, well, her real Stacey name. Stacy Burke. Uses. We love Stacy yeah. Burke. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and we're still friends today, by the way. Uh, she. We have to get Stacy on the pod because her story is wild. Yeah. Oh, for sure we do. And she, oh, I think I think she'll do it. Yeah, yeah. So I became friends with Stacy, and she was the most relatable to me. I felt like she was the friendliest, 
and and just like fun and nice and so we really hit it off and so I felt like I was kind of getting some friends at the mansion and stuff and like you said all of the people that work there and come there too that that are Hef's friends and stuff are also very welcoming and nice so you start to feel like you have kind of a family around you and then one day uh I was I was at my apartment and I got this phone call and it looked like a mansion number but I didn't answer it because I didn't recognize it and then I listened to the message and it was Hef. Yeah, getting your first phone call from Hef is jarring. Yeah, because even though I was spending a lot of time at the mansion, and obviously I I know him, like I never thought I would get a phone call from him. Yeah, because he doesn't really talk to people. Like he'll come up and like I said, say hi darling and like give you a kiss on the cheek and like maybe say two words, but that's about it. Yeah, and so I was like, oh my God, Hef's calling me. And he was like, oh hi, um, so uh, you know, a couple of my girlfriends said that you're really fun and that they'd like to, uh, we, we were thinking about inviting you out. Which I knew the two girls that he's the the girls that he's talking about had to be the recruiter and Stacy. I didn't because I wasn't really close to anybody else. And he was like, oh, "We thought it would be really fun to have you come out with us." And I was just like freaking out, like, "What do I do?" Yeah. So what did you tell him? So I call him back, and I was like, "You know, I um, I really appreciate your offer, and I think that's really sweet, and I'm sure it'd be like tons of fun to go out with you guys and everything, but." Uh, I've heard stories about like what happens when you guys go out. And I'm, what did you hear? Because I'm curious. I heard that it got really wild, and I heard that there were drugs involved. I heard there was lots of sex involved. Really? And, yeah, and that it was just like wild. And because I hadn't heard anything before I actually went out with them. And like, I'm not dumb. I know something goes on. Yeah. But I didn't know what, like, I didn't know if he had sex with all the girls. I didn't know if it was just girls hooking up and he watched. I didn't know if it was like him maybe hooking up with one person a night and everybody else doing stuff. Like, I didn't know what it was. Oh, I had no idea what it was. All I could think of in my mind were just these wild, crazy orgies and drugs and like (laughs) alcohol and like I just I had these wild crazy visions but everyone's very tight-lipped so you never really know. They're so tight-lipped and there's a lot of plausible deniability too because no one talks about it like the girls will not admit to having sex with him back then like they like after I moved in the recruiter told me don't ever say you have sex with him. We don't say that. And if we do, we just blame it on Tina because Tina was the main girlfriend at the time. So they would just throw poor Tina under the bus to make their story sound more believable. But back then, no one admitted to it. And there was one girlfriend, Katie Loman, who went on Howard Stern and full on said she didn't have sex with Hef. And Hef was not happy. And, you know, he was mad about that. But I, And they believed her? I feel like they would tell her no way. No, they they believed her. They they were just like, oh, I remember Robin was like, oh yeah, it's just like a kind of a dirty old man thing. Like she's like, yeah, we walk around naked in front of him because I feel like back then too, a lot of people didn't buy it. They thought the whole multiple girlfriend thing was a publicity stunt, and there's no way a 75 year old man is having sex with all these girls. Well, I feel like even when we were there, not to jump ahead, but just mm-hmm. to say really quick, if I said, yeah, we all have sex. 
or yeah, we have sex with him, people will be like, no, you don't. There's no yeah. way. There's no way he's 80 or he's 70, whatever, whenever, whatever the interview was and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's no way. They wouldn't believe me. And then if I said, no, nobody has sex with them, people would be like, there's no way. He's letting you girls stay there. You're not having sex yeah, with Yeah, so it really like- went both ways. Like nobody really knew what was going on. And there was no way of finding out, at least I felt, before I actually went upstairs because no one would talk about it. Yeah. Well, so back to my phone call with him, I said, you know, I think it's really sweet. Thank you for the invite. But I've heard stories about what goes on when you guys go out. And I I just don't really think that's what I'm here for. And I'm um, technically, I'm still married. And what I really am here for is Playmate. And so if an opportunity like that is to come up, you know, please keep me in mind. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really interested in in going out. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And he was like very sweet <laughs> thank about you very it. Much. Yeah, he was very nice about it. So uh, I guess now we have to talk about actually going out with Hef and what happened that night. And I'm, I was so nervous to do this episode because you guys, Bridget and I went deep into the research to get our timeline right for these prequel episodes. Like we looked into our scrapbooks, like we looked up things that other girls from that era had said. And it was like, I'm glad we did it for the podcast, but it was so stressful. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've had random little health problems since we've done that just because I was so stressed out by it because it put me back into that time period. It put me back into it too. And Nick, who's my fiance at the time, at, at, this, <laughs> not at that time, at this time, um, was like, why are you reading that shit if it's going to put you in such a bad mood? And if it's going to like upset you so much, like I was having PTSD. Seriously. Oh, me too. A hundred percent. Because what you guys have to understand is that during the years we lived there where we, when we filmed Girls Next Door we had some good opportunities and some fun times but I always say I lived there during the best of times and the worst of times because if you look at all you know the eras that have had girlfriends I think in a way we had it the best because we got a tv show and like we got to be on the cover four times and like all these things during Girls Next Door yeah. but when we lived there for like three or four years before it was a nightmare yeah It was an absolute nightmare. It was just horrible. Like the other girls were impossible to get along with. There was constant backstabbing. I just felt like I was living in constant fight or flight. Like, oh my God, I'm either going to be out on the street homeless or I have to put up with this shit. It was horrible. So it's been a stressful couple weeks just going over all that stuff. Yeah. So you moved in um, a few months before I did or like six months before I did something like that. I moved in at the end of August of 2001. Wait, so you moved in like, oh wait, 2001. Right. before you moved in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was told that, um, so when I told Hef, you know, I'd love to go out with you guys this week and he's like, oh yeah, I'll have the secretary give you a call. So I got a call. I don't even remember who called me, if it was Mary or Jenny or who it was. But they said, meet in the Great Hall at this certain time. And I was panicked, just scrambling, trying to find something appropriate to wear, you know. And I went up there, and nobody was down in the Great Hall at the specified time. Everybody was late. And there was one other girl down there who wasn't a girlfriend. And she was like, oh, hi, is this your first time going out? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I already went out with them. And I was like, oh, shit, I have competition. Like, because I, I thought one spot had opened. Oh. And I was going to come in and take that spot. And I was like, oh, no, there's competition. And I remember right before everybody came down, she goes, so, you know, like, after everybody kind of, like, hops into bed, right? Mm. And instead of doing the smart thing and asking for the details and how it went down, I was so intimidated by the fact I had competition that I was like, oh, yeah, 
(laughs) (laughs) Which looking back, that is so dumb. I should have like mentally prepared myself and tried to get some information if she would have even given it to me. But at the time I was just like, oh yeah. Like, oh, no, I no feel like deal. she would have told you stuff if she's going to say that much. I feel like she would have told you more. Maybe, but I kind of got the feeling, and I don't know if this is where she was coming from. Oh, wait, from. was she just trying to scare you off before That's you even That's what went? I thought, yeah. <laughs> that. I mean, I don't know if that was really her intention. Like, maybe she was being nice and trying to warn me. Maybe she was like, oh, my God, who is this hick from the stick? She's out of her league. But at the time, I thought she was kind of trying to scare me off because I thought, oh. oh, this is my competition. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So then everybody comes downstairs, we get in the limo, we go out, like, I mean, one thing about the recruiter girl is she was super friendly and she did make me feel really at ease. Yeah. But of course there's a reason for that. Yeah. (laughs) So we went out to a club and I just remember drinking so many vodka cranberries all night because I was so nervous. And we went to Las Palmas, which at the time was the hottest club in Hollywood. And I'm not kidding you. You could go to Las Palmas and see like all the biggest celebrities at the time, like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake would be at one booth and then like Christina Aguilera would be across the room and then in sync like everybody was there it was crazy yeah so it was really like novel to me to like have that access to be able to like sit in the VIP but I was so nervous and I was just drinking and I remember at one point I was sitting next to Hef and he leans over toward me and he offers me like a quaalude he's like would you like a quaalude And I honestly thought I was being tested because I had seen one of the documentaries he'd shown about himself (laughs) when I was up there for a buffet. And in the documentary, it told a story about one of his um, employees from the 70s, Bobby Arnstein, who had killed herself because she was caught up in a drug investigation. Like, I guess um, the authorities were trying to, like, get Hef on drug charges and they caught her with cocaine or something. I don't know the details of the story, so sorry if I got that wrong. But, you know, they were pressuring her to testify and she ended up killing herself. And then the documentary, when they talked about that, they would talk about how ever since then, Hef never had drugs at the mansion because, which later I would find out was a complete lie. But in the documentary, they're like, Hef never had drugs at the mansion because he always feels like people are out to get him. So I thought he's testing me. Like he wants to make sure that he's not inviting someone to live in his home that would do drugs or bring drugs in. Mm. Cause I bought the shit. Like, why would I not? Like I had sat there and watched the documentary with everybody else who nobody's objecting to it. You bought into the story. Absolutely. So I said, no, I don't really do drugs, which is true. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, you know, I, I really don't either. But you know, in the seventies we used to call these thigh openers. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when we went back to the room, I have a hard time even remembering it because I was that wasted. Yeah. Like I had been downing drinks all night. Why do you think you drank so much? Was it just because you were having such a good time or was it because you were so nervous about being there or nervous about what was to come? Nervous. It was like a compulsive thing. Like when you're compulsive eating or compulsive drinking, like I was so nervous and I was having fun too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like some of the girls were nice and, or seemed like they were nice at the time. And going to that club was really cool, but I was super nervous because I was like, this is like make or break. Right. So I got really wasted, went upstairs, like somebody ran a bath in his bathroom and everybody was like supposed to get in the 
bath, but nobody really did. I think it was just me and one other person. I just remember kind of putting my feet in the bath. And I remember after a long night of dancing in high heels, that felt really good. Yeah. You know, I was like, excited to put my foot in the hot bath. It was probably just you and the new, the other new girl. I think so. <laughs> like, I don't remember who it was, but yeah. there was just like one other person. Because I think at this point, everybody else who was living there was just so over the routine and just wanted to get it in and done with as soon as possible. Nobody wanted to waste their time with a fucking bath. So I go over to the bed. The other new girl is already laying there. There's like vibrators laid out for everybody. I'd never used a vibrator in my life. So I'm laying there like waiting for everybody else. And I don't even remember like everybody else walking in. I just remember laying down and then all of a sudden everybody else is there. And the first thing that happens is the recruiter says, daddy, I'm gagging as I'm saying this, but everybody used to call him daddy in the bedroom, which is so gross. So she'd be like, daddy, do you want to get the new girl? And I shit you not. Next thing I know, he's on top of me. And I was like, okay, so he was on top of you. Yes, I was laying at the end of the bed because later on, like things would get so routine, like he wouldn't move. He'd be like a bump on the log in the middle of the bed. But also like I wasn't getting up. So I guess if he thought I was the first one he was going to have sex with, he had to get up because I was so fucking wasted. So I just hear her going, Daddy, do you want to get the new girl? And next thing I know, he's on top of me. And I'm like, okay, so that happened. And then I don't even remember what else happened the rest of the night. The next thing I remember was that Hef was telling the recruiter, get her a pair of pink pajamas and she'll stay in your room tonight. And then I just like stumbled out of there and she handed me a pair of pink pajamas because he had in his closet like rows and rows of like, you know, different pajamas that he would wear during the day. And then he had blue flannel pajamas that he would wear at night. And then he had like a huge set of pink flannel pajamas for the girls. And it's funny because I think his wife Kimberly started that. Like I think the pajamas were ordered for Kimberly so how weird for her to know that all his random girlfriends and like one night stands are all like wearing those pajamas that Uh, she started like that's so weird to me but I um not to change the subject or it's not changing the subject but not to interrupt Mm -hmm. that other story you're telling but I just want to say about those pink pajamas are still to this day like the best pajamas I've ever worn and I wish I still had a pair so they were so comfortable they were like super big and baggy and had like drawstring waist (laughs) I love them I want a pair yeah if anybody knows who manufactured those I need a set of them yeah so the recruiter like took me down to her room and I remember we even stayed up after that and like ordered food and stuff And I just remember thinking, okay, well, I need to move in now. Like now that that happened, and I've had people ask me before, well, if you didn't like the sex or if it freaked you out, why didn't you just leave? But you have to understand, like, if I were to just leave, I'm going back to my problems of not having a place to live. Plus, I just had sex with this guy, which to me is like a big deal. Like I'm not a big like one night stander. Like I'm, I'm not that liberated. Amazing if you are. But I just had sex with this guy, and the only community I feel like I'm a part of in LA, I feel like everybody in that community is going to know I had sex with him randomly. Like, how embarrassing. Like, I better move in and be a girlfriend. Yeah. Like, it would, there was no other option for me at that point in my mind. Right. So the next morning, I found him, and I was like, hey, I heard you have a space open. Do you think I could move in and see how it goes? I'm kind of in between places to live. And he goes, and he's kind of taken aback. Like, I don't think he's used to people being like that up front or right away. Like, I don't think people ever move in that quickly. Yeah. But he was like, oh yeah yeah sure we'll see how it goes so then within two days I was moved in and then he took me aside in the hall after a couple days and said I think this is going really well 
Nice. Nice, but I mean, I'm glad I got to move in because that's yeah. what I, I mean, wanted that's what out you of needed. it. That's yeah, what you wanted. exactly. And it was fast. Yeah, but I think that whole experience was kind of traumatic to me. And I know people, you know, would debate like, well, you know, you went up there obviously knowing some sex was going to happen. Yeah. But I didn't know what. I thought I would have a chance to kind of see what's going on, see if I was comfortable with it. And I never in a million years thought that I would be the first person he'd try to have sex with. Because I was new. Yeah. I thought I would have a chance to kind of go up there, see what it was all about. I didn't even know if I would have to have sex on that first night. Yeah. I thought maybe I'll want to, you know, throw myself in there if I want to make a good impression. But, you know, that was all just in my head like well maybe this is what what will happen like I never thought I would be the first person to have sex or that it would happen that quickly so people can debate you know how much I should have been prepared for but what people can't debate is how it made me feel and I just right. remember feeling so gross and so used like I felt like this girl was being so nice to me and so welcoming but really I was just like another piece of meat for her to throw under him so she looks better and she wins points and I'm like fuck this I'm not gonna be used this way I'm gonna get what I came here for yeah absolutely and I just wonder like how many girls over the years like went out with us and like went upstairs and maybe they took the quaalude because they didn't know what a quaalude was like this was back before like wolf of wall street where we had any like cultural touchstones to even tell us what a quaalude was yeah i only knew about it because i remember like looking the word up because i came across it in a book a long time ago like quaaludes weren't commonly in use in the 2000s and nobody was really talking about them at all so i can only imagine like how many girls took the quaalude did something they would totally not usually do and just woke up the next morning feeling like shit. Yeah. I think a lot of people, because I remember there would be girls that would be invited out, come upstairs with us one night, and he would, like, call and, like, ask that girl out again, and she would just disappear. Yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely brings about certain feelings. Like, sometimes I think you think you're experimenting or you think – you know, this is just a fun night thing. But then there's a lot of emotion involved and a lot of guilt sometimes. And yeah. it's not for everybody. Yeah. And just feeling like anytime you feel like you're pushed in before you're ready, it sucks. Yeah. And especially, especially when you're pushed in by somebody specific, you just feel like, oh, wow, I've just been fucking used. And my only way of standing up for myself was being like, well, I'm going to get what I came here for. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, looking back, I think that situation was pretty traumatic for me. I didn't even realize how traumatic it was until I was talking, because I've always hated talking about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like when I wrote my book, I felt like I had to talk about it because you're missing a big part of the story if you don't say what goes on in the bedroom. But honestly, the only reason I was even, like Kendra had already talked about it in her book and like other girlfriends had come out and talked about it. And usually when they would talk about it, they would do the same thing that the other girls used to do with Tina, who was the main girlfriend then. They would throw me under the bus and be like, oh, well, I only had sex with them once and then I never had sex and it was always just Holly. And I'm like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, fuck off. But I never wanted to talk about it. I was never comfortable talking about it. I don't even love talking about it now. But when I was doing the interview for Secrets of Playboy, like I was just like breaking down and like I felt like a Westworld robot. Like I would just shut off. Like even the director was like, would refer to it as me like coming offline and going offline and going back online. Maybe I was just so traumatized by the suddenness of it and I was so wasted that I just kind of shut off yeah but I think I definitely had like a mental break that night yeah you know like I said I told them no I didn't want to go out and then a few months went by and I just thought you know what what do I have to lose 
like nobody's gonna make me do anything I don't want to do so I thought so you thought (laughs) yeah and doesn't it kind of feel like like one of the reasons I rationalized it and thought you know what I could be a girlfriend because like I was 22 I had just, you know, got out of college. I thought, this is my crazy college story. Like, I had never been, like, a partier in college or, like, done anything really crazy. And I thought, this is going to be, like, I'm going to be here for, like, a year, maybe two years. And it's going to be, like, that crazy thing I did back in my college days that I tell stories about when I'm older. Little did I know I would be telling as much of a story about it as I am now. Yeah, right. But wasn't it kind of that feeling? Like, oh, it's just, like... For you sure. Only once. For sure. I mean, I had just graduated with my master's degree. It was like a make or break time for me. I either have to like get a career now or like try this crazy entertainment industry mm-hmm. in LA and the Playboy thing and stuff. And I felt like that was really what was pulling. I knew I always had that education to fall back on. So, you know, when I came to LA and I was doing all of this stuff, and I got that phone call from Hef and I said no. But then after a couple of months, I was really thinking about it. And I thought, you know what? I, I'm turning down. That's like a really cool opportunity. And I'll, I don't even know what I'm missing out on. Yeah. And no one's going to make me do anything I don't want to do. Like nobody's going to make me do drugs. Nobody's going to make me have sex if I don't want to. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe it's like live a little like maybe I'd never really been wild sexually or anything like that like I had been married in the past Mm -hmm. and married young so like that I'd never done anything like that and I just thought you know what maybe I just need to live a little and and do something more and and so a couple months later I it was it was actually Cinco de Mayo and for mm-hmm. whatever reason I dressed up like Carmen Miranda and I know that's not Cinco de Mayo but I just did it anyway and I brought all of these um little shots of like uh tequila and Jack Daniels for Hev. I'd met you in passing when you would come up with your manager friend you know for dinner and stuff but I didn't recognize you because you were dressed <laughs> in this costume and you came up and you said oh do you want do you want happy Cinco de Mayo and like pass me a thing and I thought oh my god she's so cute and I assumed you were like hired to work at like maybe a promo party that was going on at the other side of the property or something <laughs> <laughs> well I, I mean this was a, a real deal Carmen Miranda like it had all the fruit on the head yeah. and <laughs> I mean, it was it was really cute, and um, and then in in Hef's little uh, package that I had given him with the Jack Daniels and stuff in it, it had a note from me, and it said, um, "If the offer is still open, I would love to come out with you guys sometime." And he got up and he la- gave me the big laugh and a big hug <laughs> and a kiss on the cheek and said, "We'd love to have you. Let's do a picture." We took a picture in the outfit. So it was a Sunday. And I literally got called on Monday to go out with them on Wednesday. And same with you. Be there at 10 o'clock. Like, yeah. meet in the Great Hall. And it was just, like, panic. What am I going to wear? Everybody, uh, like, I'd seen all the girls, and they all looked so cute. And had all these crazy, fun boots and big hairstyles. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know where to begin with yeah. anything like that. And so uh, I just had some black legging pants and like a black half shirt and like a little star glitter belt and I was like you don't know like whatever and I went to the mansion like that yeah I felt I felt underdressed and not not good enough really to be there um but whatever I was there and I was excited and nervous very nervous but also excited and I just had it in my head nobody's gonna make me do anything I don't want to do I'm Mm -hmm. just gonna if if any if at any point I feel pressured or don't want to do something 
my car is here. I can get a taxi home because it's before Uber too. Yeah. <laughs> I can like I will I can walk home if I have to. Like I'm just not gonna do anything I don't want to do. And uh, we get in the limo and we're driving to the club and it's really fun. I mean they have like. Uh, the recruiter play, gets this mixed CD that she makes ahead of time. She puts it in and it had all this fun music and yeah. everyone's dancing and they're popping champagne. And I mean, it was just so much fun. The, the limo is packed with like goodies, like cookies and candy and chips and, and the champagne and vodka and everything's on ice. And we're like pouring champagne for everybody and toasting. And then he did ask if I wanted a Quaalude in the limo Uh and I was like uh no and then later the recruiter actually I don't even know if it was just the recruiter but it could have been a couple of girls told me don't tell him no just take it and you don't have to actually take it but just take it or also quit giving them to us and why do you think the other girls wanted him to keep giving them do you think they were selling them or like keeping them and taking them recreationally on their own time I had absolutely no idea but I just assumed they were taking them and they said if I said no then even if they said just stick it in your purse or whatever mm-hmm. because that they were afraid that he would stop giving it to them oh like he would think that we weren't interested in more so I was like oh okay so I won't say no well and probably you know I can I can only imagine where these quaaludes came from like I don't know if they were like back stock from the 70s because we know from the secrets of playboy documentary that he was constantly getting like multiple prescriptions filled with like using other people's names to get like this stash of quaaludes wait he was yeah, no, he, I forgot you didn't watch it. No. Okay, so one of his secretaries from the 70s said that he would use her name, that secretary, who was a 19-year-old at the time, Sandra's name, his 19-year-old girlfriend, to get a prescription of Quaaludes, Mary O'Connor's name, his own name, like all these names. And he uses the names of people who are dependent on him, whether they're people who depend on him for their job and their income or the 19-year-old girlfriend who's so in love with him. Like he uses those people's names to get quaalude prescriptions filled every month so he would just have this giant stock of quaaludes oh I did not know how he got them because I thought I thought I didn't know if they were actually quaaludes I mean still to this day like I don't know if they were really quaaludes like I think it's safe to say they probably were (laughs) yeah or if they were just something quaalude like you know like a giant horse pill sedative (laughs) I don't know because I actually don't even really know what a quaalude does or where what it would make you feel like like other than Wolf of Wall Street, which they took a whole bunch of them. It's supposed to like really loosen you up and just like make everything feel good. And that in turn leads you to do like a lot of sexual things you wouldn't ordinarily do necessarily. Yeah, yeah it just kind of lowers your inhibitions. and Yeah, and it's interesting that the established girlfriends thought that if the new girls were turning down the quaaludes, he wouldn't hand them out to anybody at all. Which to me tells me he had more interest in handing out quaaludes to like the new girls. To like break them in. That's creepy. That's true. I never even thought that through. But I, so I would just collect them. In fact, I had a little stockpile of these Mm -hmm. like little broken in half (laughs) pills that I would just put in this little jewelry box. And and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these. I feel like I'm going to run into those because I don't think I ever threw them away. So I feel like at some point I'm going to like go you have to my post stuff them. In storage post and like on the girls them. next level pod instagram <laughs> <laughs> um 
Okay, but where am I? Okay, so I'm in the limo. He offers that. I say no. I get kind of reprimanded. I'm like, oh, okay, sorry, I didn't know. But the limo was really fun. We get to the club, and it's like so surreal. I mean, the crowds just part and mm-hmm. secure. Nobody checks ID. Nobody's like. That's another thing too is nobody checked any of our IDs when we went to these clubs in LA. So theoretically, he could be bringing like underage people in, and no one would care. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was definitely not underage. But yeah, <laughs> it's still weird to like just walk into a club and just like be security. Is just pulling you through, and and the seas part of these crowded, like really popular clubs in Hollywood, and then there's this roped off area, and you get to sit in, and mm-hmm. it just felt so cool and so amazing, and everyone's staring at you, and it was just sort of fun. We all sat down and ordered drinks, plus they bring bottle service to the table, and um, it was just really. I thought really fun and dancing, which I love all night. And uh, then we got back into the car. So we got back in the car and I was super nervous and I was trying to think of an escape plan. Okay, so when we get back to the mansion, like my car is parked there. I know I've been drinking, but all I have to do is like just get off the property. Like, so I'm just going to like say goodnight and thank him for the evening and like get in my car and go from there so I had that in my head and then Stacy asked if I was spending the night if I was going to stick around and I said I don't know I'm not sure what happens and she was very vague didn't give me very much specifics on it it's interesting like the culture of silence among the girlfriends because Stacy is a very blunt person like and she's not prudy so the fact that Stacy didn't even feel comfortable giving you details of like oh this is how it goes down yeah and so I was still very unclear like what would happen when we got back and so then the limo is just really fun though on the way back so the music is blasting we're already all buzzed girls are getting crazy girls were kind of making out with each other and it was just like fun and I felt like it really lowered my inhibitions I was like this is fun like I'm having a great time and everyone was just like being crazy and like drunk crazy but fun crazy and sort of sexy but nothing like I felt uncomfortable with and I thought maybe I am okay with it I don't know and then I still thought you know what I can always come back and do this again like it doesn't have to be tonight so I we get to the mansion and I get out of the limo and I'm planning to go to my car and then the recruiter says are you coming upstairs with us and I said well, I really don't want to. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen and stuff. And she said, well, I can tell you that if you don't come up tonight, you probably won't be invited back. And I was like, oh, really? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I could just see, you know, like what happens up there. Again, I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. And then Hef came up to me and he said, you're coming upstairs, right? And I was like, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I went upstairs and I think, I think it was Stacy that kind of guided me because everyone else kind of scattered, like you said, like just disappeared. Yeah. Like cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we go into the master bathroom and I had not, I had been upstairs that one time and saw the recruiter's mm-hmm. room, but I'd never really even been upstairs at the mansion. So I was like, oh my God, this is so weird. Yeah. Going up these stairs and Hef was like right behind us. And we go in, you know, through the, the vanity and into the bathroom and you were already in there starting the bath. Mm-hmm. And Stacey's like, okay, so we take a bath and then um, you can grab some like pink pajamas and head into the other room. And I was like, okay, okay. And so I was so 
so I was so weirded out to get undressed and get in that bathtub like I just yeah. felt so self-conscious and but I just did and Stacy was already doing it like it was no big deal and I got in there and they like just kind of washed a little bit and then I was like okay I guess that's all I need to do and I got up and I put on like the uh, just the top of the pajamas I think we had on mm-hmm. and then walked in I was I, I, and all of this is brand new to me like I've never seen Hef's room or anything we walk in and it is just a disaster in there oh it's hoarder style and the 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 lights were out were off but the TVs there's two giant TV screens in there that were playing like porn yeah so that's the only light I have and I'm literally following this little path through the that's room that's carved out through all the junk yeah because there's just so much imagine junk. thinking you're like this big player and you're bringing all these girls home and your room looks like shit it's like the weird eccentric millionaire version of like the guy with the mattress on his floor and like a Pulp Fiction poster <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, at least at least I felt like all of the stuff, at least later on, I look back on this now, and all of the stuff meant something to him. It was all like gifts from people or things people thought he would want, or a lot of it was recordings, like videos of some sort that he had. So I feel like it's, you know, like sometimes hoarder people have like just like newspapers and like weird stuff, like but straws. and. I feel like with that huge staff he had, he could have had somebody on staff who was like okay Mr. Hefner like where do you want your gifts to go 100%. where do you want this to go like I eventually like after I became his girlfriend like fucking cleaned up the room for him because I couldn't stand it anymore yeah. and that took a week I was shocked at how messy it was and and then uh we get in there and like you said there's vibrators all over the bed I never used a vibrator I was just like I don't even know do we this is a we this is weird and um and then you're with all these other people and then like the recruiter comes and she starts blasting all this music which was fun and everyone's like kind of like dancing around and stuff and then she calls down and she orders up all these drinks like it's everyone's drink order and she ordered up all this food (laughs) and I was like oh wait this is like slumber party style and kind of fun and I remember all this like bean dip and cheese dip and chips (laughs) and cheese blocks and like (laughs) like a whole like charcuterie thing comes (laughs) up and everybody's cocktails and and it's like kind of like a fun party and then Hef like um lit a joint and I didn't even smoke pop but I just thought this is so fun like everyone's yeah. like chill and and still it's like an after party sort of only we're scantily even more scantily clad than before so I was like digging it at first but then like he's like naked and his shirt comes off and like he's passing around the joint and people then are like kind of congregating on the bed and things started and I was just like, I don't even know what's about to happen right now. Like I was, I was hoping that I could just observe and not participate. Mm-hmm. I was seriously like hoping that, cause I was not, definitely not ready. Yeah. And didn't want to. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know how that was all going to go down. And then the recruiter came up to me and said, you're going to go, right? And because, like, each girl was just kind of, like, having sex for, like, 
I mean, a minute maybe. And then- oh, yeah. Everybody wanted to get this over with as quickly as possible. Like, none of the females were into it. Like, sorry to burst the bubble, but none of us were into it. We thought of it as a chore that we had to do or else we'll get kicked out of the house. And everybody just wanted to make it go by as quickly as possible. Well, sometimes there were some girls that were into it. I think girls were like more into like other girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Some girls were like into. Oh yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, and so I was like, I don't know. I really, I don't think I'm ready to do this yet. And the recruiter said to me, "If you don't do this, you probably won't be invited back." Uh. And I was like, um okay and I was just like trying to weigh in my head as all this as you have alcohol in your system and you're also tired and wasted you're tired and you're watching everybody else do it and I was like is this like I wasn't thinking YOLO at the time because yeah. that wasn't a thing yet but sort of you know yeah. I was thinking do is this something I want to do and I just I was you just have to make a game time decision and I was just like you know what I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I did it. And it was disappointing (laughs) and embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, so embarrassing. Like, I can't explain to you guys how embarrassing that whole routine was, especially as we got later down the road when there would be, like, a lot of conflict with the other girls. Because you're literally sitting there naked having sex in front of a group of people who hate you and talk shit about you while you're having sex and you can hear it. Yeah. It was but, just like hell. But for this first night, like you're naked and having sex with somebody that you don't even necessarily want to have sex with. And you don't even know the other girls really. Like, yeah, I was friends with like two of them ish, but yeah. not like I didn't know anybody super well. And, uh, but I was just like, it's barely anything. Like, they're just, like, barely doing anything. And there's definitely not really romance involved in this. They're just sort of doing it. Do I want my whole everything with Playboy just to end right here, right now? Or, like, yeah. am I just going to do this? And, I mean, I just did it. And then afterwards went back got the rest of the pink pajamas and collected my stuff went back to room three with Stacy and Stacy told me she had to get up really early in the morning so she probably wouldn't be there when I got up and I remember when I woke up the next morning I felt really weird like I had never done anything like that before not just with like Hef, but like anybody, like I didn't, I had not had one night stands. Yeah, I group was, sex <laughs> or group sex for sure not. And I felt really icky, um, and I feel like icky is the best way to describe it because I just felt yuck all around, and I felt crazy lonely. Like I felt like I was the only one in that whole mansion, and I had no idea what where anybody else was or if anybody was up or do they how late do they sleep in do we have breakfast together (laughs) like I had no idea what happens now do I just go home do I say goodbye like I don't even know what to do and I just felt gross like I wanted to throw up and I felt like it wasn't my character and that maybe I shouldn't have done it and part of me said, if you didn't do it, maybe you would regret it. But And then part of me was saying, but now I did do it. And now I feel like I regret it. Yeah. And I just was so conflicted. And and I ended up just getting dressed and 
getting in my car and going home and I just wasn't sure how I felt about it and then no sooner did I get home that I got a call from the mansion staff from like one of the social secretaries inviting me out the next night because they to go be on the Craig Kilborn show with Hef <laughs> and so, so I was like, random oh my god go on be on the show with him what like well not even be on the show with him it wasn't be on the show with go to yeah. the show with him he's gonna be on the show not not me and and it was like oh my god really and that like kind of diffused how I was feeling because like now all of a sudden it's sort of exciting again and maybe maybe I shouldn't feel so guilty and then I was like beating myself up for feeling guilty about it because like why am I feeling guilty like I'm not like this crazy person who does all these wild things and stuff and like this is just life experience and why do I feel so bad about myself for doing that and you know what this could be fun like and it doesn't you know like why am I just beating myself up over it and so next day go to the meet everybody in the great hall we go do the craig kilborn show and they do this skit at the beginning where they come and they put the camera in each of our faces and each of us have to say hi i'm bridget and i'm hugh hefner's girlfriend and then it will go to the next person hi i'm the recruiter and i'm hugh hefner's girlfriend hi i'm holly and i'm hugh hefner's girlfriend like each of us did that and there was like I swear there was like 12 of us that (laughs) yeah it's funny how getting that call like after the first night kind of like reels you back in because I remember even though I'd already talked to him about moving in like I got I you know had left and driven back to my old apartment to like pack up my stuff and he called me and made sure like I knew to be back by Friday night and that they were going out again and he said I love you at the (gasps) end whoa which clearly doesn't mean anything and I remember thinking it was funny like oh he must say that to everybody but it was just like a love bombing preview you know what I mean and definitely like weird yeah because I don't know if I remember the first time Hef told me that he loved me but I always felt like he loved me in a way that wasn't like my girlfriend you know what I mean like I love I love you like a family member kind of thing yeah well like when I decided I wanted to be a girlfriend I felt like the relationship with Hef was going to be like almost like a friendship and like yeah I was sure he probably had sex with the girls but I also thought it would be more like a friendship you know I never thought that there would be any like love bombing or like any like emotional expectations because that wasn't what I saw from the outside like from the outside I didn't see anybody who was looking for love and I don't think he was I think when it came to me it was just like a manipulation point but I never expected that I thought it would be more like friends like when you see in the world of Playboy like him hugging Brandy Roderick at Playmate of the Year even though she moved out six months ago it's like that friendship like that's what I thought it would be like and also before we get into more of our experience after moving in I want to ask you what did you think your relationship with the other girlfriends was going to be like uh I thought that we were going to be like BFFs and it was going (laughs) to be so much fun and I thought that um it was going to be like total slumber parties and like hanging out in each other's rooms and borrowing clothes and just like really fun yeah I thought everybody was going to have each other's back which seems so naive looking back but it would turn out not to be that way and we will tell you guys about that next week yeah the mean girls era it was rough hey guys hope you enjoyed this second episode of girls next level next week we are going to be talking we already gave you a pre-clue yeah we're gonna be talking about the mean girls era like all the drama that went down and if you guys have any questions about anything coming up whether it's from like the first season of girls next door ask us a question um, on either one of our Instagram posts, we'll see it, or 
check out the Girls Next Level pod Instagram and ask us a question under one of the photos there and we'll try to get around to it. Also, leave us a five-star rating and review. Subscribe so you're the first to know when a new episode is out. See you next week.